Hey guys, it's uh, Fuzz and Becky with another episode of Hope and Mum and Dad podcast documenting our IVF journey and speaking to some interesting people along the way. So number 11 today, they're kind of racking up slowly but surely. Um, and we had a good friend of ours, Sarah Cotty on. Um, and if you want to give uh, the listeners a bit of a sort of an introduction about that before we jump in back. Yeah, so Sarah, as Fuzz says, is a really old friend of mine and we got in touch with her because she has been really clever and innovative and developed um, a new kind of watch that tracks your menstrual cycle Um, and it all came about from some philanthropy work that Sarah was doing when she was living in Asia. And so basically this is a device that doesn't need um, a smartphone or connectivity and the main goal was to um, basically help those resource poor communities across the world where like for period poverty is a real thing but also like the, there's a lot of shame and stigma around it um which is kind of related to fertility and everything so we were really interested and wanted to get it run and help her and uh, help her raise uh she's got a crowdfunder so if you believe in the cause and you want to help her out you can go and check that out there'll be links in the podcast description below or in the in the description on youtube wherever you're watching this um but it's a really good cause and we really sort of think it's a great idea so we're trying to sort of shout about it and help yeah. people get over to them and it was just really important for me to reach out to Sarah to get her on because I've mentioned period period poverty and and menstrual cycles and lack of education a few times on Instagram and on our podcast here and um, it's just something that I'm really passionate about and think needs to change and obviously so it's not um, an episode that's directly related to trying to conceive or infertility but it's really interesting and so if you have a menstrual cycle then I definitely recommend that you carry on listening to the end. Cool right let's jump in. Episode 11, here we go. I'm going to hand you over to Becky and Sarah now, and uh, yeah. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hi, good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. It's so nice to have my friend on the podcast. You're the first. First good friend. Obviously, I've made good friends on the podcast, but you are such an old friend. Yeah, Yeah. And it's so lovely to have you on. Um, Yeah, so basically, everyone who's listening, I've asked Sarah to come on and talk to you a little bit about... uh, her innovative um, invention, Amy Watch, and to talk about um, a little bit more about um, menstrual cycles and um, period poverty and all sorts of different things. So, um, Sarah, do you want? Can I hand over to you and tell me a little bit more about yourself and what give us you've an been intro- up to? Give, give us an introduction, <laughs> as if we okay. we're intro- you Do know. my job for me, please. Yeah. All new to me. <laughs> um, yeah. Well. I've been working on this idea for it's actually two years now which is quite crazy um and I came up with this idea for a watch that tracks your menstrual cycle but doesn't require any connectivity to an app or a smartphone because I was living and working in Southeast Asia for actually was about nine years um and for the last year I was there, I was living in Manila and I was working within this one organization that we were funding. It was one of our grantees. Um, and yeah, I just kept seeing this issue of women not knowing about their menstrual cycles and then the consequences that this can have. And just the fact that it's such like a basic, uh, like a basic thing about our bodies as yeah. women. And we've kind of like missed this education step. And then it has so many knock-on effects on the rest of your life if you don't know about it. Like, obviously, there's, like, the whole, like, you know, your period and then fertility, but also just, like, your moods, your mental health, like, Mm -hmm. potentially detecting other illnesses as well with, like, an irregular cycle. So in the Philippines, it was really... The problem was really, really exaggerated because it's such a Catholic country, Mm -hmm. so birth control is so taboo. And then talking about anything to do with, like you know, menstruation or like your fertility or or like those kind of issues of health is also like not okay. It's like off, just completely off the table. And um, I I really saw this, like one organization that we were were looking into to fund, um, they used to go into schools and do like in-person education and teach these kids all about menstrual cycles and and puberty and stuff like this. And uh, they were like given a list by the school of words that they couldn't say so it was like all these words that were like 
you can't say that. So they basically had to make up like their own language oh of like goodness. how to teach. And it was like everyone was doing like the absolute best they could with like what they what they were allowed to do. But um, I just saw that there was something or that I just saw that there was opportunity for something else, like something else to help in this education effort. Mm. And yeah, I knew that we had to have something that was not connected to an app or a smartphone because not everyone has an app or a smartphone. And even if you do, often data is expensive. So a lot of the period track apps will use your data. Mm -hmm. um, and at the same time, you have to charge a smartphone um, and like reliable electricity isn't always available as well. Or like there's lots of like brownouts where it just goes for a while. So I knew that we were like had all these kind of like things that we had to not do you your know, design like, criteria like, yeah exactly like a criteria of like what it couldn't be um and then it was actually yeah I was just actually it was when I was on a plane one day and um I always feel like I do quite good thinking on a plate you know you look out the window and there's all the clouds and mm -hmm. you think like I love plane journeys because there's literally there's not a lot you can do that you're it's no. like a moment suspended in time because you can't you can't do you generally well you used to not be able to do your work and now we're a bit more remote yeah. now but it's a time to think isn't it and kind of contemplate if yeah. you're not watching movies <laughs> exactly and like put all the I put all the things together it's like your time to do the jigsaw the mm -hmm. brain jigsaw and um yeah, for me, it was kind of like trying to normalize menstruation as much as possible and, and um, pairing it with time because it's your menstrual cycle is just another measurement of time. And the fact that we know what day of August it is, but I don't know what day of my month it is. Yeah. Um, that's like bigger picture things of what we wanted to kind of change. So the concept of putting it into a watch seemed like it makes it made sense and then it seemed like okay well a watch is like an accessory that anyone would wear and it kind of like went on from there um but then obviously I was like oh never don't know anything about watches yeah so yeah that then led led on a, a two-year journey yeah so um when it came to developing that you did you have to reach out to someone to help you kind of with the programming and the design and everything yeah it's been a lot of people um I really came from like ground zero or minus 100 like knowing nothing like knowing nothing about product knowing nothing about hardware that could be i think it was yeah. yeah i think it was yeah i think it like gave me a bit of a in a way it gave me an edge but then in a way and, th and then i just needed other people to like help yeah so um so first of all we actually start i had a contact at fossil fossil group the the watch company so that was like an amazing first yeah. um, support and they they helped us quite a lot and just to kind of conceptualize it and then to get it to really, I mean, first of all, I just needed to know like, is this even possible? You know, mm -hmm. I didn't even know like if it could be something that was done. So that was all like, yeah, don't worry. Like people are trying to get to the moon. Like this is really quite yeah. easy. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, <okay. laughs> um, and then yeah, so then we had we had some support there, and then I brought my co-founder on board, who she's a software engineer, mm -hmm. so she's really like the brains behind the product. And then we're now, and then we we started talking with a bunch of like design studios. There's all these like kind of big design studios who take you like on the whole like journey, um, but they were really quite expensive, and we had mm. such a limited budget. We did a crowdfunding campaign, and you know we were really like on a shoestring and hardware just costs it's it, it is hard um yeah. so we started looking at smaller um design companies with just like maybe a few engineers who could just hack this together um and we found a, a duo in london um who yeah they're great they're called embedism and they just um they they love just like making cool products wow. so we're like four we, we've made our first prototype which was like a kind of big one it wasn't like a watch size it was yeah. just like a big one and that's like to test all the functionalities and now we are yeah about four weeks away now of um having our first watches oh my god that's so cool because it yeah. feels like it must be so exciting for you it's a bit like your baby because it's been in your brain for ages and um I know since the 
the GoFundMe kind of happened in January over Christmas time, didn't it? And you reached your yeah. target before the the time limit, didn't you? Which was really cool. Yeah, yeah, um, it was amazing. It's so exciting. And and going back to what Fuzz said about it being beneficial that you kind of didn't have that knowledge with the software and stuff. The other kind of string to your bow is that you have this, what I love, this kind of background history in your family with your gran, Gags, who yeah. she's famously known as. Yeah. Yeah, Gags um, was a bit of a powerhouse. Yeah, she, um, yeah, she came. She's from. She was Irish, um, and she was one of, I think, eight. But actually, there's there's like sometimes a bit of a confusion around how many <laughs> siblings there were. But um, a few died in childhood as well because oh, you know yeah. very poor, living on a, a farm um, in Ireland, and uh, actually none of them were allowed to. Well, none of them could carry on their education past age 14 because then you had to like pay a bit in Ireland at mm -hmm. that time. It's kind of um, a similar kind of setup to how the Philippines is in a way now yeah. in modern day because obviously the, the whole Catholic side of Ireland and, and the poverty yeah. going on in the Philippines now, that would have been similar back when she was a kid, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I think the schooling, that, that it's like free up until a certain point and then yeah. you would have to pay to like carry on. Um but basically, like the nuns came to the house and were like begged her parents to to let her stay. They were like, you know, she's actually like a bit smart. Like she really, if wow. she stayed on at school, she could earn more money and like she could send it back to the family. So it would really be beneficial. That's um, amazing. So they did. They like they they managed to like, you know, keep her on in school, and um, and then she trained to be a midwife and she moved over to Liverpool. And she trained, I think, she oh yeah, she trained in, I think in like Rochdale or something. Anyway, she went on to have five kids. And um, she also, so she was the community midwife in one area of Liverpool. Mm -hmm. um, and it was like, in those days, it really was like, it was so, the, the health work was completely community based. So they had like, I think they had like a, a plaque, not maybe not a plaque, <laughs> <laughs> but like a sign like that. Everyone knew that that's where the community midwife live a bit like call um, the midwife <laughs> yeah I actually think it was yeah yeah um and then she also was um she took part in a lot of the early research that was done it was actually done at the University of Birmingham on um on natural family planning so this this like looking at your your cycle your the amount of days you have in your cycle your temperature and your cervical mucus mm -hmm. and from there like figuring out if they could find you know the ovulation time or if they could get more specific so I guess this was back in like the 60s yeah. um and my mom and her sisters were some of the early guinea pigs so um gags would like wake them up every morning and like stick a thermometer in their mouth <laughs> and they had these charts and would record all their temperatures and then like have I, I mean I don't we didn't we never went into this but I feel like you know she had to yeah. ask about like the they had to go looking for their cervical mucus like yeah, it's such it's a like... funny thing it's so common like in the trying to conceive community that people talk about it but it's like oh who's gonna talk about yeah. that in real life but it shouldn't be uh because it's so natural it just doesn't I sound know. nice does it they could have picked a nicer it's... name mucus like on its own <laughs> i know and discharge like yeah. neither are beth neither are like nice enough yeah um yeah so i guess they had to like uh update gags on on how that was looking mm. um and then even I remember one of my aunties saying like then a few years later, they started asking for urine samples as well for measuring the pH. Mm -hmm. So then um, one of my aunties, yes, yeah, she kind of like got a call from her mom, like now you need to send your urine samples to Birmingham University. <laughs> so just kind of like obliging. You could just do that at home with a litmus paper, though, can you? Maybe no, not no. then. No, that's yeah, I wonder. Or a, yeah, or maybe they, I don't know, gathering. Mm. So the actual watch itself um mm. that's quite uh impressive but i uh, thinking about it i was thinking like i've got uh fitness trackers and things like that for training and things and i was just thinking oh, i wonder if that if you could like how did you like do you borrow like do you what extra bits do you have to put in to make it work like yeah actually not that much mm. um it's the difference is um Fitness trackers the, need connectivity, though, which is right. a, a down, which doesn't work for the problem that you're trying to solve. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like one part. Then that the watch needs it has to have this memory, mm. um, and that will be one of as we go forward. That will probably be one of the 
difficult I mean one of the many difficult things because um obviously it just is like if you think about it like because the watch is so small mm -hmm. and you have to fit everything in it so um the memory at the moment I think for this first version our memory is like 12 data points 12 months essentially mm. um but we would really be looking at upping that um, the battery life is all fine. Like no, nothing needs to be in a, like innovated in terms of the battery. Um, it's our specific programming. So like the chip is basically the different thing. Mm -hmm. Do you base um, it off another well chip that... though? Do you base? Do you yeah. get? Yeah. Is it an ARM-based one? Do you know? I was just. I'm... No. No. Well, I... not at the moment. But I mean, when we go into mass manufacturing, it easily could be. Yeah, I was going to say, because like, at the moment, there seems to be a lot of disruption uh, worldwide with tech in general, just from like, you know, coronavirus and stuff like that. So like, mm -hmm. I remember needing some uh, some drone stuff for the for work that I do, and that just kind mm -hmm. of, there was massive back orders and people couldn't get stuff. So hopefully really? none of that's like affected manufacturing or anything. And it's probably smart wow. to make your own yeah. thing, because then that way you're in control of the supply line. Yeah, that's that's a. I mean, the whole manufacturing game is also just a, another world that I'm like dipping my feet into yeah. now. But um, yeah, there's a lot of like. I mean, it's a bit boring, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff in terms of where you source things from and making sure you source it all from different places and then you kind of assemble it in a centralized point. But mm. yeah, just to to kind of protect things and also just for for costs and for like. To kind of keep your supply chain a little bit um decentralized is like always a good idea yeah so, in case you have a yeah. snag somewhere yeah so um basically though that stuff that your grandma um kind of was pioneering in the in those times back with the university of birmingham and all that information that she's given you and you've learned from her and your family has kind of helped you pioneer this new thing it's amazing so cool yeah it's really nice and we named the company after her as well yeah. So her middle name was Imelda, so Immy. Yeah. She was called Immy, but we just shortened it. Just yeah. So the company. It works um, really well, I think. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was lovely. It was really. It felt like that. It felt like it's just this, you know, the the way that and the way that she would do it when she because she would obviously take these lessons back to her community and there was a huge Irish Catholic community in Liverpool, like still is, and uh, she would teach a lot of the women, like either in terms of conception or or in terms of contraception about this method mm -hmm. and encourage them to start taking their temperatures and all of this so she was really passing these messages on in the community um and it it really feels like that i mean obviously we're not we're not kind of touching we're not necessarily in the like fertility space no but the um, kind of but the lessons the education of it yeah. is definitely like where we sit and and this concept of being able to do this at scale that, I think that's the that's really the beauty of the watch is having this tool that's like pretty foolproof um, and it's like cheap and yeah can can kind of teach you by using it yourself so like the scalability is was like a really important factor for us I think that's what's really interesting about it and I've touched on it a little bit before the the whole aspect of period poverty and obviously we understand that it affects people in um, third world countries and in in places. Uh, with great deprivation and how it can affect um, women's education or anyone who menstruates, it, it can mm -hmm. affect them however they experience it. Um, mm -hmm. But what was kind of, are you okay first? What was interesting was that mm -hmm. um, it even happens here, doesn't it? That's what I, I'm really interested in. And the whole kind of, that that education doesn't happen, yep. like you've just touched on earlier. There's yeah. no education, even, even here, like we get like a half hour, hour long lesson kind of when we're in yeah. primary or secondary school and it's like, okay, go on, off you go. Like, go and have your period yeah. for the rest of your life. Good luck. <laughs> I know. And I was talking to you about that, wasn't I? Like a few yeah. months ago, because it's only, it's only just become compulsory on the, on the curriculum in 20, this year in 2020. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's also like kind of a, I mean, this is a point just on like our semantics, but we, well, we always try and say low resource communities because actually it's exactly like you say, like whether you're in the UK or the Philippines, like there's high resource and low resource communities. And mm -hmm. we've seen that like, sadly, period poverty just is across the board. It, it isn't like, I mean, maybe in like Scandinavia, it's probably <laughs> better, but yeah. like they're a bit better at everything. But um, even for us, yeah, like you said, there's not like that 
that we don't have that education step in school. Um, so we're working with, there's one organization that we're going to pilot with in the UK. They're called Freedom for Girls and they're based up in Leeds. Mm -hmm. um, and they work with communities there. So they work with, it, it's, it's quite a wide range in terms of the age group they work with. Um, but yeah, they do a lot of work with the food banks in terms of like people who donate the um, menstrual hygiene products. Um, and then, yeah, we're going to we're going to give them our watch to pilot with some of their beneficiaries as well. Which is really cool because the whole thing around the education that we had and that it, it goes off textbook like, oh, yeah, your cycle should be 28 days and your period should be be between four and five days and or four and seven days but that's not the same for everyone and that's why your watch is so amazing because it's personalized and all those other like fitbits or or apps fertility apps or uh, period menstruation menstrual cycle apps they kind of they go off these um uh, algorithms that presume that you have a normal cycle whereas yours is individual to the wearer am i right yeah, it is. It still has to, for the, for the first data you enter, you have to give it some parameters. Mm -hmm. So um, it's basically like the more, the more you input, the more it will average out your cycle. Yeah. Um, but I think also it's just that concept of, um, I, I can't find like a proper analogy for this, but you know, when there's something that you're trying to track mm -hmm. or you're like having to learn about that happens like over a long period of time, having like a lesson about mm. it doesn't really help you because it's not happening right then it's happening every day yeah so it's something you need to kind of do or be aware of every day so that's why as well we were like wanting to pair it with like you know a watch you look at every day you always look at the time so it's like this concept of it becoming just something very normal that you track and like oh I'm on day 23 mm -hmm. cool like it's just the kind of embedding that into into your just your standard knowledge is is like the dream <laughs> yeah it is it would be the dream and I think it's so yeah. interesting that you said um earlier about um the menstrual psyching the menstrual psyching <laughs> there we go again with my word weirdness um the menstrual cycle being just another um form of time like another measure of time and it's kind of a bit matrixy that kind of there's obviously this kind of given time that everyone adheres to um but then we all have our own little calendars internally yeah it's really cute isn't it it's like mm. birds like how they migrate or something yeah like the body or inside them it's like we all have like this thing as well yeah I was talking to pupils a while ago about um religious calendars too and how in different yeah. religions in different countries they're not in the same year as us and they were like what and I was like yeah, yeah I, I said I don't really I I can't teach you enough about it because I don't know enough about it myself but it's yeah. interesting for us to look into because there are some there's different timelines going on all the time even in our own dimension like yeah, and it's really kind of wow kind of yeah, it trophy is. to think about yeah I know yeah so it's just really cool I I'm just really interested in what you're doing so what's the next step for Emmy you said you're like four weeks away from the watches being made which is cool yeah we're um yeah we're really close to getting the first one so we're gonna have five that we get mm -hmm. um and then what we'll do is we'll start wearing them and test them so we'll see like how if just if it's like intuitive enough, if we if we like the design, if like the buttons are kind of like in the right place, mm -hmm. um, if the eye because we've made up different icons. Like a, another part of the watch was that we didn't want any words mm -hmm. because maybe like every, not everyone speaks English or like understands the letters. Yeah, and um, so we've we've created different icons for to show when you're in your most fertile window and to show when you're due on your period. Um, so we'll kind of be looking at all of this and just to see if it like makes sense. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Then... I just thought though, you know, like you were talking about um, being in a fertile period and a last fertile period. They, to different people, they could be different. Each one could be positive and negative and be switched. So like for a single person that's trying not to get pregnant, mm -hmm. the, the, you know, the, the infertility, the when infertile, infertile window. window is yeah. the good time call to get like, it on <laughs> yeah well i mean yeah. if that's what you're trying to use natural yeah. cycling for yeah and then but i mean if you're trying to conceive yeah then the you know it's the fertile window that's like cool this is this is what we need let's go upstairs. so yeah. no but just interestingly because that's quite a, a, a tall feat to achieve to do that without words 
by symbols and icons because in different yeah. cultures they have different uh, different symbols and like things you know yeah. different colors mean different things but it's amazing i and guess uh, they'll come they'll come with a manual or something i assume oh yeah so no but did you yeah, think well, we about did it a, yourself did you kind of have any yeah. thoughts on it before you you know develop yeah it? we did a whole um we did a whole survey around it because it was yeah exactly that was exactly our issue we were we were looking at symbols that we could do and this, and again like the first versions we're using are a, it's not a custom screen so we're using like an existing digital watch screen so if you think of a digital watch you're kind of it's all the little led like doo -doo 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 -doo. Mm -hmm. so you can only you couldn't make like um you know a cloud it, yeah. it has to you be can like make a tamagotchi egg though right you can make a tamagotchi yeah <laughs> um they, yeah so we really well. Mm. yeah i mean it's exactly like <laughs> no, this, and this is also yeah yeah it's like that gamifying that's also you like can look really... at it and you know but like everyone knows what it is yeah you know what i mean like everyone p kids in J japan had them and kids over here had them and they'd be the same thing of a certain generation we yeah. found out from a family quiz that actually not everyone knows what tamagotchis yeah. are my brother oh, really? my brother seb used to have like key rings he was like a day center for tamagotchis he'd have like <laughs> key rings with about 20 on yeah, but and oh but yeah, no. But kids in Japan could look at it and they go, "Oh, I need to clean up his mess, or I need to feed him, or whatever." And kids over here could do it too. Like, yeah. it's really, it, I'd be really interested <laughs> to see it as a, you know, as a photographer and an artist. And stuff. I'm really interested in like how, you know, mm. icons and symbols work and stuff like that. And how they are yeah. international. Yeah, and so it's an LCD screen, and it's like not a color screen. It's like a like a you know like a Casio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just a black and white screen. And yeah, so we did, we, we were concerned about this. We thought, you know, we don't want to be using symbols that have a completely different meaning. Or, or it was more if they had an existing meaning, which was like mm. a very clear existing meaning. So, um, yeah, we did a did a kind of full full survey and we're asking all of our partner organizations and then other just generally other people. And um, our, our main focus was people who we were looking at what language people speak because we wanted to understand if the symbols have any significance in different lang mm. spoken languages. Mm. Um, but no, nothing, luckily. So we were That's we good. kind of went ahead with what we chose. Um, so yeah, we'll be testing these five. And then, and then I mean, we go, we, we manufacture. We, we yeah. have our first 500, um, which is like the first main key milestone. And we start doing this pilot. So we have six organizations that we're going to pilot the watch with so we will donate the watch and that's what we did the crowdfunding campaign for so we donate the watch to them and then we monitor it over a six month period mm -hmm. of how it's being used um we have like baseline surveys that are conducted every month for each of the women who receive a watch um to see what's changed whether it's like you know their confidence their their knowledge of their cycle their ability to manage their their whole menstrual cycle like what's what's shifting and what's not mm -hmm. um and then that that just allows us to kind of start narrowing down and then we want to so our main target market is working with big organizations like the un or the gates foundation or something and, and mm -hmm. the goal is for them to buy the watch um we're trying to keep our costs around ten dollars but ten to twenty dollars is kind of where we're where our wholesale costs are looking at and then we want to also go into like the second phase of the of the watch um would be well we want to like redesign and then like look at making it smarter as well and see if there's any possibilities to do kind of like data collection stuff which mm -hmm could be really cool it could then provide people with a menstrual his their own menstrual history for example is yeah. something that they could then be able to access so that'd be really helpful yeah and yeah so it, it could work on its own but also have connectivity yeah still yeah but exactly our criteria would still be there so we would, it would still look yeah 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 so it's um once you've done the philanthropy stuff which is where it's come from <laughs> like helping those people that need it in Colombia and Philippines and the other places mm -hmm. you've mentioned before um will it be available to people here like I know when you did the GoFundMe you did like one one for me one for her yeah one something. for one yeah, yeah 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 it was um it was kind of like a market that I hadn't anticipated yeah because I guess when I was living in Asia I was like oh everyone must just I mean in Hong Kong as well like it's just you know everything is connected you if you don't have like a connected device you're just like a loser yeah so um <laughs> i was like oh well maybe that's the same in england or like 
other places like people just always want smart watches or whatever it's just like this it's not it's not cool to not have one but yeah that was different like especially when we did the crowdfunding and and people were like quite keen on buying one for themselves like we had more we had more um interest in that than i was anticipating mm-hmm. um so yeah we would we would love to we've we've talked with one commercial retailer in the uk who were quite interested um and then we'll kind of decide on what our strategy is whether we yeah whether we uh, like become you know we sell the watch ourselves or if we continue to sell it like through other like shops or mm. or e-commerce stores yeah yeah i think it's amazing yeah but it'd be cool yeah it would yeah it'd be amazing if it was like suddenly really if it was really popular as yeah. well with like yeah. Yeah, everyone the everyday person everyone. yeah <laughs> every single person because <laughs> i think i think there could be quite a big market in it um over here i i don't yeah. know about the female perspective on it but basically there seems to be a, you know if if people can buy something that's less connected to perform a function in everyday life where they don't have to rely on their phone i think it's it's becoming a new market now yeah I so think, like yeah. for example like for for example fitness watches some of them have the ability to hold um, music on, which means you can leave your phone, which means mm. like most people like to listen to music when they go for a run. Mm. Most people don't have music players anymore because they keep it all on their phone. Yeah. So mm. a, a select few of these fitness trackers have the, um, you know, Spotify built in. You download your playlists mm. and then you go off for your run. Yeah. And then yeah. you've left your phone, which is kind of cool because we've got this nagging weird attachment yeah. to phones these days haven't we so yeah. if there's a way to put, do your everyday life and function without it then that's cool but then and then also pay paying for stuff as well like that's another thing that they chucked into the watch yeah. which you don't need to take mm. your phone out for yeah it's weird it cr- kind of creeps me out how like attached i am to my phone like yeah, but i need to be it's weird yeah it's nice to mm. have switch mm. off no digital stuff and i think um yeah it would be awesome to have it go like global and just for there to be a shift in how we understand our bodies better um Mm -hmm. and and for anyone that menstruates whether they're women or trans or anything like you it's the the whole market's widening up now as as the world changes and especially kind of people are becoming realizing how dependent like you say that we are on technology and some people don't like that so coming away from fitbits or there are other mm. <laughs> devices Garmin available devices also, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those people smart are watches kind of is, is they they do harvest a lot of data on you as well and yeah. location and stuff so yeah like, gps tracking and all that stuff so it's people. fine it's necessary to make it work but it's just something people don't really think about i think yeah, yeah and i think for us as well it's like you know because this isn't necessarily like the the um all we're measuring is your days you know we're not looking at your temperature or your cervical mucus so it is like the basic knowledge it's i mean it's the same as what as what the apps give you um but it's not it's really like a start it it can be seen as like a starter tool as well Mm -hmm. so i think that when we were talking with this like the commercial retailer in the uk and they were seeing it as something that would be really interesting for girl for like for people who were either just starting their periods or even just about to start their periods as like a kind of like you know learning thing and like and and if it's just like a cool watch yeah um then you kind of don't mind it's just something you're wearing in any case so yeah that's like that that i think is where that's where we really see potential but at the same time like as you know i made this for myself as as well as much as i made it for like people who don't have a smartphone it yeah. came from a need for me as well because I just kept forgetting to put my data into the apps like yeah. I couldn't not forget and it was it was like so dark I felt so dumb because it's like it's so e- it should be so easy you just have to open an app and like put it in but yeah. I just couldn't remember and so I was like life is just I- busy isn't it but the demands i find that with your menstrual cycle as well the demands of life get in the way and it's not until after the fact that you're like oh that's why i was moody like because next week i'm gonna be like on my period or you know and or i didn't realize i had backache because of this i thought it was because i did gardening or i i pulled myself at the gym the other day like and having that kind of 
deeper understanding on your wrist yeah. and, and, and like a reminder constantly. But You're never going to get caught out, really. It'd be kind of cool because there isn't anything like this out there. But um, it would be kind of cool if it was like, uh, you know, a gift for girls, like you said, going into puberty yeah. or just starting. Because then it's, it, I guess you could, I don't know how you would, but you could maybe... Um, talk to 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 these girls mm-hmm. and kind of try and guess when it might start happening yeah and well, then that way they're not they might not freak out as much because yeah. they're kind of talking about it and they're like well yeah. again that- well out of my depth here <laughs> yeah, because i don't know how how, yeah. how that's why i contacted says a few months ago talking about emmy because um sex education obviously happens at the later stages of primary school and we were putting some packs together for the girls i'm not mm. in the that I'm not teaching that phase at the moment, but like I was aware of it and it's interesting to me. And um, I think it would be really good. But isn't there a massive variance? Like, again, you guys know more about this than me, but isn't there a massive variance between like when, like, like basically girls could start when they were like 11 and girls can start when they're 14. Textbook, yeah. Textbook, it's like in your um, early teens kind of, uh, maybe even yeah. before your teens, but there are children in primary school who start their menstrual cycles, like from the so from be, year four up. It, it might so be it tricky to eight. There's also get um, the right time to get get into them. Then. Um, I think it's ca- also, yeah. It's sorry. No, you you go yeah, sir because you're the expert. You know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you are. Um, you know more than me. <laughs> but I think that's also why we've kind of put some, in a way, like checks and balances on the product itself because. Mm of this concept that, um, you know, a lot of people's cycles are irregular. And I get asked that question a lot, like, well, what about people with irregular cycles? And it's like, well, by default, they're not regular. They cannot be tracked the same way because of being irregular. However, a lot of people don't even know if they have a regular or irregular cycle because they're not tracking it yet. And so this is kind of also where we're sitting. And also it's it's just that, um, you know, learning about your menstrual or tracking your menstrual cycle isn't just something that um we should all be doing in the early years of our menstrual cycle it's something that we should be doing for our whole menstruating life really yeah like you said Um, about picking up things that are going on in your body elsewhere exactly because then when you're especially when you get older um you know if your cycles start getting irregular either it can be an indication of like real stress Mm -hmm. um or like you know you you have like there's some you should really check in on your mental health a little bit more. Um, or it can be more things like um, endometriosis, polycystic ovaries, mm-hmm. um, even diabetes as well. So yeah. these kind of things, again, it's important to track if there's any changes. Yeah, and with my thyroid, um, I, I skipped a period and then had really, yeah. uh, like, strangely light ones, which, like, huh. were barely nothing. So it definitely can, like, your medical I kind know. of history definitely comes out in your cycle too it's another yeah. kind of marker like it's you like said. checking your weight or you know yeah. blood you know yeah. that's that, exactly. yeah. it's just like a thing to keep an eye on to be healthy yeah exactly it's just like a another health metric that, that should be tracked and and the, the other point i was going to say was um that fertile window again it can be like so i mean it's not it's not an accurate um time of ovulation at all if you're only tracking your days um, but there is a broad window and we've kind of purposefully kept it very broad. Yeah. Mm. So actually it's like, um, it, 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 it'll only like start to get smarter if the watch detects that you have a regular cycle. Yeah. So yeah. at the beginning, we're actually going off what the World Health Organization suggests, which is day eight to day 19. Mm-hmm. It's classified as your kind of fertile window so it's a long you know it's yeah. half your cycle yeah. it's, a, it's a really long window um so if people are using it for like, contraception that you're being safe by making it such a big broad window yeah well you should always use condoms yeah 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 but <laughs> um, i mean if if people like we we're not condoning that yeah. at all i'm um, um, like if you don't want kids you then you should use protection obviously but if someone what were to it hypothetically then yeah. that yeah. is actually you're building it in safe uh, to do it that way by making it yeah. broader. Yeah, yeah, a bigger window, and then basically it will start get getting um, slightly shorter. We're probably we're still kind of like tweaking that um, that algorithm, but it will stay 
either at a seven or eight day window mm-hmm. um, when it starts to learn your average cycle. So depending on what your average cycle is, then it will get smarter um, and then you'll get the notification then. But yeah, it's also this link between, I think a lot of the times when you, especially when you start menstruating or even actually even like way into yeah, I'm just remembering like a story personally, <laughs> yeah. because I was going to say at the beginning, when you like start menstruating, you don't quite understand the link between your cycle and your fertility. Yeah. But then I was like remembering a story. And actually, I think you can be in your mid 20s and still not quite understand the link between yeah. your your cycle and like your fertility. So I think that's a big thing. That's a big part of the feedback that we've been getting from um, our nonprofit partners of um educating about about that is like something that's quite difficult and something that like isn't um just isn't done as much so yeah yeah in a way the watch kind of does it all just integrates it all into yeah. one it's i want to see it now um maybe we could get, could we get you back on when you have a demo like and yeah and also did you have I a know. um are you connected with any like I, when you're sending it out for beta testing and stuff like obviously you have to do that through companies and third parties and stuff to i guess but do you have any contact with people directly that might have it the what sorry the, you, know, you know the watch when you get the 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 i guess the the demos yeah uh-huh. like you you send them out but when yeah. you send them out and do all the surveys and things like that that's done through a company i imagine right or is that do you um, do it personally no. or are you involved yeah in that, yeah? yeah so we've um we kind of the organizations that we've chosen to pilot with are ones actually most of them are ones that i know from my past life working right in uh, asia when i was a frog <laughs> <laughs> it looked like that didn't it? <laughs> just jumping in <laughs> um and then um and the most important part is that all of these organizations already have some kind of program around um, menstrual health and hygiene. Mm-hmm. So they'll either all have already have workshops where they teach about menstrual health and reproductive rights or like um, it comes a lot into this program called WASH program. So it's all about water and sanitation and health. Mm-hmm. So then the watch is basically provided as like another piece of the puzzle. I thought it would be cool to speak to someone who had basically trialed it for a for a while though that's what i was getting at i was basically yeah, we can. yeah yeah that'd be cool yeah we could yeah, maybe well. conference them in and where can um people find out more about emmy watch sir um probably our website is uh immywatch.com mm-hmm. and we are at emmy watch but we're really not very active on social media so that will change in the next few months yeah and emmy is i m m i isn't it we'll, yeah i m m i we'll put all this on the screen because um obviously people can find this podcast everywhere you get podcasts on apple and youtube and stuff like that but we'll put some links in as well um and is there anything can we point is so right now the watch is uh we're waiting for demos and then you will have a final production one coming soon but um at the moment people for people in the uk um you can't buy one yourself right now but you can buy one for other people you can add to the fund for other people is that right yeah actually the crowdfunding campaign is is kind of still ongoing so if you want to snab one then you can definitely Ah, wicked so yeah we'll we'll point people over to that because by supporting that crowdfunding campaign you will be helping period poverty across the world yeah yeah which is really important and in the future you never know you might be able to bag your own Emmy watch and use it to help you better understand your menstrual cycle and maybe even help you conceive if maybe you use it with a thermometer too (laughs) exactly yeah Yeah, exactly and and yeah I guess I can't stress enough like how important it is to kind of just learn about your cycle I I'm still learning all the time so yeah me too it really is (laughs) I feel a bit redundant yeah. in this conversation. Oh, don't be. No, but, it's no, interesting. I mean, I'm interested in the social, political, economical impact that it's going to have um, yeah. on resource poor communities. Is that the way to yeah. say it? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, you know, we, we all sit here with our laptops and iPads and phones and stuff. And our life is completely different to the people in Southeast Asia. Yeah. That, And mm-hmm. especially the political side of it and these the, you yeah. know kids going to school not even allowed to say i'm on my period yeah 
that's bananas but we don't even know about it because we yeah not even being allowed in school yeah yeah it's shocking yeah and we sit here in our perfect little world unaware of it so by doing it you know by uh buying a watch or i don't know how the crowdfunder works i I might be butchering this but basically is it is it you buy one for someone else that's the crowdfunder yeah, the crowdfunding, you can either just buy buy one for someone else or you can buy one, donate one. Oh, wicked. So, yeah, yeah either way, you're making a difference yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah. helping those communities. Yeah. And also, um, Fuzz, you're not redundant because whatever your gender, you're interacting with people who have menstrual cycles. And I guess women... And you're really supportive, actually. ...want to talk <laughs> But the whole... I think, um, again, maybe I, I hope I got the right idea of this, but I think the whole point that you guys are saying is that like we shouldn't make it a big deal that you can't talk about all this stuff so you should be able to chip in with family or friends even if they are guys and say i'm on my period and i need this and i need that and there shouldn't be shame surrounding menstruation like and you are really good at not doing that because like when we first started going out i'd be like but you're really open and you're like do you need anything from the shop like and you'll go and get things Mm. for me and talk to me about it and you're a very progressive man (laughs) you'll be in the shop and i'll be like back (laughs) back this one or this one but you should be able to do that and there'd be no shame also i'm joking i don't i know and also like the whole thing around the mood you know like how like for me it's normally about actually it's it's normally about like six days and then five days before my period starts mm-hmm. um and my are normally my worst and then it gets a little easier and then my period starts and it's all fine yeah. but yeah it's normally like the day day six and day five before i start bleeding yeah. and um it's so nice when you can have like men in your life who are just like don't um fuel the fire on those days you know or yeah. like it's just like kind of get it just like I don't or know like if I'm like that, bit. though. I think Becky would say that I'm very... I'm a fueling the fire. I annoy her quite a lot. Well, so. maybe you need a watch as well so you can track her cycle and then you can have a look <laughs> and be I, like, okay, Well, I'm I try and be sensitive, but you I don't want to act different. I don't want to be... I don't want to pander to you because I think that could be seen as, like... You are sensitive and Whatever supportive. I do, I could do the wrong thing. If but I go, are sometime- you okay? Do you want... Ac- yeah, you some chocolate. I've always got Haribo <laughs> and chocolate hidden in case of emergencies. <laughs> But um, good. I mean, it's it's actually there's nothing you can do there really. I feel like it's about it's like the person themselves is just like going through that yeah. feeling, you know. Yeah. But at so, least you don't have to hide it from yeah yeah from me. Whereas yeah. I, I couldn't imagine how you would ha- how you could live your life where for like two weeks of the month or a week and a half or whatever of the month you'd have to pretend like this is not happening to you and just yeah. be internally like on fire, pissed off, and then have to like not be able to talk about it I mean, everyone's got to pretend like it's not a thing yeah. that'd be weird or but... not go to school like sir said in yeah, some of the crazy. countries not go to school or not eat at the table with everyone else like you know in wow. some instances there's like the yeah the, the the situation is really really bad for in some cultures for people who, who like when they're menstruating are just completely shunned and and seen as really dirty it's like this it's this concept that you're um you you're dirty because you're having to bleed something out so mm. you must have like the devil in you not not the devil but you know you must have like bad stuff in you yeah. um so it it's goes, very it probably goes hand in hand as well with that kind of in some like medieval kind of thought that women's use is to like have children and then even though they need to have that menstrual cycle to have the children, they're disgusting at the time they have it. And then if they can't have yeah. children, then they're kind of not worthy. You or can't have your cake and eat it. They're useless. Yeah. It's, all, it's all connected and all healthy and all like yeah. whatever. That's like just the thing that drives me mad. Because like at the bottom of all of this, it's like menstrual cycles are, are the only reason we're all alive. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, what, how did it get such a... But how did how did it get so like loaded and you know have all this connotation? Lack of understanding, I guess, and and people in is, power is making it, it that way. Is there any is there any culture or wherever in the world where it historically it's been embraced and it's been like in, you know like not a bad thing? Have to that would be out. awesome. I if in was. some matriarchal society is it's it's fine. Maybe you know, ancient culture as well. Mm. Yeah, but I think in the patriotic societies it's it's just been it, i mean it's it's looped in with just other you know issues of like oppression women being seen less as men i suppose and then that's just like uh, people have chosen that as like a reason why you mm. know 
Oh, it's wow. been so amazing talking to you, Sarah. Oh, I feel like so we'll definitely, definitely get you back, though. Um, you know, when yeah, when things uh, move in, and we'll share any updates yeah. and stuff, and There's, we'll always be pop- popping yeah. things across. There's so many things that we could talk about that I'm just like blah 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 yeah. blah. I know. <laughs> I know. It's been so nice to be part of this as well. Yeah. So thanks so much for inviting me. No, thanks for coming on. It's really interesting, yeah. and I think you've got a lot to say and do for the world. So it's good to be able to shine a light on it. Cool. Thank so you. we'll drop all those links. Go and check it out. Amy, watch. Um, uh, make sure you share some love and support and help out those uh, poorer communities that need the, you know, they don't need, but they could use the help. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So we'll see you next time. Thanks, Ez. Bye. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed that uh, episode. I, I really enjoyed seeing someone take an idea and make it happen. And not only is, is that amazing, just well because we know sarah but to say oh cool sarah's just had an idea and boom before you know it it's in production engineers are on board everything's happening but that someone can do that and it's going to make a huge difference to all those communities um far away yeah and and close to home i guess um so it's really really awesome to see someone doing you know to be get be creative dream big because she wasn't an engineer or a whatever she she admitted didn't she and you think that like this is all completely new to her yeah how awesome is that to go boom idea okay how do we make this happen yeah. and then just go and do it but like i you know the best thing about all of it is that yeah, hopefully it's going to bring a lot of positive change to communities and Definitely. help a lot of people and i just really enjoyed it because anytime i talk to sarah i have lots of fun i think she's such an interesting person and i'm so proud of everything that she's achieved already and like you said it's hopefully gonna bring about huge change for lots of communities around the world and and loads of people who menstruate so that's really amazing i hope you enjoyed it um we don't really have much no we're stuck in that kind of like corona limbo of nothing happening well and... try and inf- infertility limbo really it's our well we know what's up we know, we know what we need to do mm-hmm. just waiting on the latest thing we gotta wait for is a phone call for some yeah. dna tests. yeah so. still waiting on that phone call so we will be sure to update you when mm. we find out more and yeah just um keep positive everyone it is um a long wait wherever you are in your cycle or your journey uh we know that it's long and hard um it'd so be nice to get some someone maybe completing like towards the end of one of their ivf trips. yeah i've contacted trips. a few people so hopefully get in the next positive, few weeks get some positivity yeah. uh some positive stories because yeah. uh you know like it would just be nice i think we yeah, could all it would be nice yeah do that. but like you said last week also it would be lovely to hear more about people and who've had experiences with loss and and sad times too because it's a broad spectrum of emotion a roller coaster when you're going through this so keep in touch and reach out to us please uh if you would like to be on and we'll see you in the next one Mm -hmm.